I've already read Luke chapter 19, verses 28 through 40. I want you to put your thumb there and stay with me for the duration of our message. But I'm going to put a tag on this text, uh, and I want to preach from the topic, Don't Want No Rocks. Don't Want No Rocks. Yeah, 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 yeah. Here, here is the big idea for today's message. Jesus saves. We pray. Jesus saves, we praise. I can remember being a young man in church and just seated in a service one Sunday afternoon when suddenly I heard this chant, if I don't praise the Lord, the rocks are going to cry out. Then it said it again. If I don't praise the Lord, the rocks are going to cry out. And I just heard that, that phrase that kept going over and over again. Then it says, I don't want no rocks crying out. For me, if you've ever heard that song, just type it in the comment section. It was, I think it was Paul Jones who started that one. But, but it's amazing when I heard this song and these chants being, being ministered to by this choir, I could not comprehend that rocks could cry, that, that, that rocks could shout. It, it was beyond my imagination. Then it dawned upon me that if I missed the opportunity to praise and honor the Lord, watch this, beloved, then God could supernaturally empower inanimate objects, his own creation, to praise his name. Oh, my God, that, that is a profound thought to comprehend. See, beloved, while our praise is appreciated, it ain't needed. Oh, I feel that by myself. While our praise is appreciated, it ain't needed. Nature can testify. That's why Romans chapter 8 affirms that God's creation is groaning with labor pains. And according to Jesus' own words, watch this, stones can shout. Oh, God, I feel that already. I'm trying not to get too excited, but you need to understand, beloved, that that. Despite everything you may be going through, this is an opportune time for you to praise the Lord. Don't let no rocks cry out. This is the perfect opportunity for you to give God your highest praise. Why would you not praise him? Why would you miss an opportunity that has been afforded to you to give God your best? I know you at home. I know this is not the most ideal, but wherever you are is a phenomenal opportunity to give God some praise. I'm going to let you practice. Go and put those hands together for the Go and open up your mouth. Throw your head back and shout glory. Come on, come on. Oh, God, we can, we can never allow the difficulties of life or the shortcomings of our vision make us withhold praise that is due our God. Oh, and with that being said, as a foundation, we, we make our way to Palm 
Sunday. Palm Sunday is upon us. Holy Week is upon us. The day when we commemorate Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem. Let me teach a little while. Uh, the crowds have gathered for festivals. Jesus comes to present himself as the promised Messiah. Catch that. This, this, this whole record in Luke and the other Gospels, it is Jesus presenting himself as the promised Messiah. Prior to this, he would never allow anyone to declare who he was. He would always say, my hour has not yet come, but on this day, he presents himself as the promised Messiah. See, there have been some rumblings about him. Mm. Uh, his miracles have preceded him. But now he enters. The hour has come. Luke chapter 19, look at verse 28. It says, when he had said these things, he, he went on ahead going up to Jerusalem. As he approached Bethpage and Bethany at the place called the Mount of Olives, he sent two of the disciples and said, go into the village ahead of you. Go into the village ahead of you. As you enter it, you will find a colt tied there. Untie it and bring it. If anyone asks you, why are you untying it? Say, the Lord needs it. I like that right there. So those who were sent left and found it just as he had told them. As they were untying the coat, its owner said to them, why are you untying the coat? The Lord needs it, they said. Then they brought it to Jesus, and after throwing their clothes on the coat, they helped Jesus get on it. <laughs> As he was going along, they were spreading their clothes on the road. We discover with this command, here it is, here's the first movement, preparations have been made. Please write that down, beloved. Preparations have been made. See, I've learned that there were animals available for use, almost like rental cars, during these seasons of celebration converging upon Jerusalem. Jesus's name has clout. He just says, tell them I need it. That, that, that will cover both the bill and any other additional costs. Just tell them I need it. See, while this may sound like a, a, a makeshift uh, a situation with, with coats being uh, uh, thrown atop and things kind of falling into place, as Jesus mounts up ready for entrance, we can see that preparation has been made. See, other accounts use uh, uh, palm branches being laid at Jesus' feet, palm br branches being waved, uh, uh, and it was a beautiful spectacle. But Luke has a narrower focus than those other gospel accounts. He focused on the presence and words of Jesus' disciples. Stay with me, beloved. He, he focuses on the presence and words of Jesus' disciples. Now he came near, verse 37, uh, now he came near the path down the Mount of Olives and the whole crowd of the disciples began to praise God joyfully with a loud voice for all the miracles they had seen. Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord, peace in heaven and glory in the highest. This sounds like Luke chapter 1 when it speaks of the advent, the birth of Jesus Christ and all how the angelic host pro 
proclaim that, that the Savior is born, but this is a little different. So first we see preparations have been made. Second movement, prophecies are being fulfilled. Get that down, beloved. Preparations have been made, yes. Prophecies are being fulfilled. As we examine this, this simple passage, Jesus is riding. The crowd, his disciples and others, is waving. Everyone is chanting. The symbolism is most profound. I need for you to embrace that what we're reading in Luke chapter 19 is prophetic fulfillment. Oh, please get that down, beloved. Prophetic fulfillment. Zechariah chapter 9, verses 9 and 10, here's what it says. Rejoice greatly, daughter Zion. Shout in triumph, daughter Jerusalem. Look, your king is coming to you. He is righteous and victorious, humble and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. Catch this right now. The messianic king will come riding on a colt. Jesus had to come in riding. He, he had to make preparations. They had to wave their palms. Prophecies are being fulfilled. But not just with Jesus riding. Prophecies are all also being fulfilled with the people chanting. Stay with me, beloved. Uh, Psalm 118 verse 26 says, He who comes in the name of the Lord is blessed. From the house of the Lord we bless you. See, their words affirm his identity. He's, he's not just an ordinary prophet. He's, he's not just an ordinary teacher. He is the king. Oh, God, somebody type that in the comment section. Jesus is king. Come on. Jesus is king. The Messiah, the promised one, the one we have long awaited is now here. And I realize you can't see him with your physical eyes. But I challenge you to use your sanctified imagination and picture him full of majesty, full of splendor, entering the city with humility. Oh, God. Feet never touching the ground. Palms falling. Crowds chanting. Can you see it? The hour has now come. All that we had waited is now being fulfilled. And, and with all of these things relative to God's kingdom expansion, you ought to know that there will be opposition. Oh God, before I get to this last movement, I just want to talk to you for just a moment about opposition. Oh, church, we, we have to learn to expect opposition when we are functioning in the will of God. When we are expanding God's kingdom on earth, there will be opposition. Watch this. If there ain't no opposition, then you ain't making no progress. I need a witness up in here. So with all of the things relative to God's kingdom being established and expanded, preparations have been made. 
prophecies are being fulfilled. We're almost finished. Here is the last movement. Now, plots are being formed. In John's account, they are bold. They say, look at what you've allowed to happen to each other, the Pharisees. We could have dealt with this a long time ago. But now the whole world is is celebrating this man. Look at what you all have done. But Luke takes it a step further. And Luke, they don't just talk to themselves. They talk to Jesus. Verse 39, it says, Some of the Pharisees from the crowd told him, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. He answered, I tell you, If they were to keep silent, there it is, the stones would cry out. Oh, man, I'm trying to hold my peace. I'm trying not to sweat out my suit, but I need need to read that one more time. He answered, Jesus, I tell you, if they were to keep silent, the stones would cry out. See, I had to take us through the context to get to our motto text. First thing I want you to notice in this section is notice the blatant disrespect of our Messiah. They intentionally call him teacher. Please don't miss that, beloved. They don't call him Messiah. They don't don't call him king. They They don't call him Lord. They call him teacher. They they disregard the chance of the crowds and of his own disciples. And they refuse to acknowledge, to receive the symbolism that is being manifested on display in their very presence. It is evident who he is. So the text says, some Pharisees tell Jesus to rebuke. Y'all know what rebuke means. It means, it means to correct. It, it, it means to, to, to find a person who is wayward and to verbally bring them back into alignment. So some Pharisees tell Jesus to rebuke, to correct the error of his disciples. So they're essentially saying to Jesus, you are not who they say you are. Oh, God, I feel that by myself. You're not who they say that you are. So since you're the one in charge of these disciples, you've got to make the correction. Oh, God. Here, here, Here is where we'll spend the balance of our time. Just a few more minutes. Oh, God. Jesus says, in essence, I don't need them or their praise. Now, I'm talking to you, church. Jesus is declaring he does not need our praise. If they fail to praise, if they refuse to praise, if if they think too highly of themselves and cannot manufacture an adequate and worthy praise, Jesus has declared the stones will shout. Oh, I need a witness up in here. Jesus says, listen, I appreciate what they're trying to do, but if they never uttered one word, these stones in your very presence would cry out. Oh, help me, Holy Ghost. So Jesus affirms that stones can shout. Wow. Beloved, the world in 2021 is still trying 
to rebuke us. Yeah, yeah. They're trying to get us to stop calling him Messiah. Oh, God, I'm, I'm trying to help someone this morning because right where you are, you have people in your life that are trying to convince you that the Jesus of the Bible, oh, God, it's not God's only begotten son. They're trying to convince you that the Jesus of the Bible is not the Messiah, that perhaps there's a plurality of Messiahs and he's just one of them, just that perhaps uh, the scriptures got it wrong. I'm here to let you know and to serve notice Jesus is uh, the one and only. Uh, he is the one sent from the Father down to earth to die to redeem our very souls. They're trying to get us to stop acknowledging him as Messiah, then to stop praising his name. Yeah, that's, that's, what, that's what they're doing. And if we aren't careful, beloved, we will allow the cynicism of the world, the skepticism of the world, the, the lack of faith displayed in the world to adversely affect our praise. Look at your neighbor and declare, I don't want no rocks. Oh, God, crying out for me. I, I, I don't need no rocks crying out for me because when I think of the goodness of Jesus and all that he's done for me, my soul cries out. Oh God. Somebody look at your neighbor and just in the house. I don't want no rocks. I don't want no rocks crying out for me. So, so in other words, Greater Bethlehem and friends, I need you to hear me. It is time for us to raise our praise. Thank you, Dr. Frazier. It is time for us to to raise our praise. Is, is there just one witness in the house, mm, God, that will join me in lifting up the name of the Most High? I understand you may be in your comfortable clothes, on your comfortable couch, with your comfortable coffee, but, but I need for you to set a few of those things down. I need you to slide that coffee table out of the way. I need you to, if those children are distracting you, ask them to go to their room if they don't want to praise them with you. And I want you to stand up on your feet, lift up your voice, raise your hands and declare hallelujah. Come on, beloved. Give God the praise that he alone is worthy. He alone is, is worthy. So we got to raise our praise, not only because of what he's done, but because of who he is. Oh, please get that, beloved. Not, not, not only because of, of what he's done, but but because of, because of who he is. I, I, I love how the New Testament writer says, uh, for there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man, Christ Jesus. Oh, God, because of who he is. So ultimately, we ought to raise our praise. Don't want no rocks. We are to raise our praise. Because it is our opportunity to rehearse for his soon return. You know, I got to sip on that one. Hold on, y'all. Uh-huh. Mm, mm. It is our opportunity to rehearse, help me, Holy Spirit, for his soon return. See, I want you to picture again this scene, the triumphal entry. Jesus is riding in on a donkey. See, his first entrance 
was on a donkey. But his second will be on a white horse. I'm trying not to shout myself. His, his, his first entrance was on a donkey. <laughs> but his second will be on a white, on a white horse. His first entrance was limited to Jerusalem. But his second will be with the parting of the clouds. I'm finished. You may as well get your shout on. His first entrance preceded his death, burial, and resurrection, but his second coming will command the dead in Christ to rise first, and they that remain will be caught up and will return with him. Is there anyone in the house that can testify that, yeah, I missed his first coming, but I'm looking forward to his return, and what we're doing now, we are simply rehearsing for the moment that the Lord will return. Is there anyone who can lift up holy hands and open up their mouth and declare glory to the most high God, Hosanna. Praise his name. So why are we praising him? I'm finished. We're praising him for his majesty. We're praising him for his splendor. We're praising him for his goodness. And I need for you to know that this rehearsal that you have now is inevitable. Scripture has declared that one day, Every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. So, so I, wanna, I want you to have the opportunity to praise him voluntarily because there's going to come a time if you refuse to praise him now that you won't be able to refuse him later. So you may as well get your praise on now in the spirit of submission and celebration and let the Lord know that you're grateful that he came. You, you're grateful that he rode in on a court. You're grateful that he came to fulfill prophecy. Why? Because he is our king. Oh, celebrate the king today, beloved. Celebrate the king. Don't let no rocks cry out. Glory to his name. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. We thank you for this moment. We thank you for this privilege. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for the gift of our Lord and Savior. Father, right now, we understand fully all that he endured so that we could have life. And Father, in alignment with our series entitled Live, Oh, God, we rejoice for the gift of our Savior. We rejoice for all the preparation that was made for his coming. We rejoice for the prophecies that were being fulfilled. And, Father, we even rejoice for the plot that was formed. And, Father, we understand as we read further in these verses what happened during Holy Week. How Jesus lamented. How he was saddened by what he saw. How he regulated what was taking place in the temple. How he prophesied his own death. And so as we reflect this week prayerfully and humbly, help us, Lord God, to appreciate not just what he did, but who he is. Father, we thank you for Jesus. We 
thank you for what he means to us. We're thankful of all that he made available through his death, burial, and resurrection. In his name we pray. Amen. Come on, right where you are, give God some praise. Come on, right where you are. Don't, don't hold back. Come on. Don't want no rocks. I may get a t-shirt made with that. Don't want no rocks. So you're here and you've been checking us out. You've heard the word. And I simply want to give you an opportunity to make a decision. This is what we do. We want to give you an opportunity to experience life. I want to give an opportunity to live. And I know you're thinking, I am alive. Well, physically you are. But spiritually you may not be. And that's what all of this teaching and preaching and sweating is all about. That you would own the fact that God loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life. But as a result of our sinfulness, our stubborn self-will, we cannot know and experience all that the Lord has for us. But as Scripture has affirmed, Jesus Christ, the one we celebrated today as he entered Jerusalem, he is the provision, the payment. He is the sacrifice. As Old Testament said, he is the Passover lamb that was sent to die and to restore us. Haven't you noticed in movies, the good ones, someone always has to die? Well, for us, someone had to die. They had to be perfect, and that was Jesus. Last part of this is you have to individually receive his gift. By grace, through faith. And if you can say, man, I, I've never done that before. I'm not even sure I even comprehend it all. Listen, that's what faith is for. Here's a prayer that I wanted to share with you, and I'm just taking my time. Real quick, Lord Jesus, I need you. Thank you for dying on the cross for my sin. I open the door of my heart and I receive you as my Savior and Lord. Come into my life. Make me the kind of person you want me to be. According to your word, I am now saved. In your name. Amen. Acknowledging who he is. Owning our sin, asking for forgiveness and for cleansing and for him to come in and to take control. If you pray that prayer or you feel led to pray that prayer, listen, 972-638-9554, or you can just type in the comment section, uh, relationship or partnership or membership, and one of our team members will engage you socially. If the text is easy, 972 638 just send us a text with your name. We will be honored to follow up with you directly and privately because this is so important. Amen. 
Come on, give God some praise for his goodness right there. Come on. Hallelujah. In